do not put that in your mouth. Please don't put that in your mouth. Oh my gosh. Clips to Cribs. The Degenerate's Guide to Parenthood. All right, everyone. Hello and welcome to episode 10. I was Ratchet before Ratchet was cool. First and foremost, um, thank you for joining me again. I actually was with my friends the other day and I tried to show them a part of my podcast. Some of them hadn't heard of it. And just keep in mind, I'm still learning how to do this shit. Um, one, uh, pro tip, literally put the speed on like at least 1.2 times faster than I talk. Um, maybe 1.5 because as we were listening, I was so annoyed. Maybe because I'm anxious because it's like, oh, it's my podcast and I'm listening to myself and I'm waiting for, you know, them to hear what I'm trying to get at or whatever. But it, I mean, it, I just talk really slow. So I'm going to try and work on that as you can see, because I've been talking really fast the entire time. <laughs> um, and yeah, so, and then also the sound. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out the sound. I'm still trying to perfect that. Uh, I did listen to it. I've already said this in episodes before. It was really quiet. You have to listen to it like all the way up, literally your whole volume turned all the way up with no sound going on around you ever. So sorry about that. Um, this is kind of a juicy episode. Um, it's stories from back in the day before I was a mother. And actually, no, <laughs> some of them are actually after I was a mom. And I'm going to save the super classless ones for myself. But these are just a few that I wanted to share because they are hilarious. I'm actually going to skip my WTF moment because writing this episode and getting into these stories... I realized that this was going to be a lot longer than I wanted it to be. So we're just going to skip that really quick. Um, I say that I was ratchet before ratchet was cool because unfortunately I believe that I'm a pioneer to that word. Um, but actually as I was writing it out, I was like, you know, what? I'm going to Google this word <laughs> and really find out like the origin of where it came from and how it became and when it became and all this shit. And uh, while well, I Googled it, and it actually became a thing in 1998. And that year, no joke, I 1000% looked like Harry Potter. Like, not even, I, it's, I looked like Harry Potter. I was Harry Potter. I'm a wizard. Um, check my Instagram for my stories. Uh, if you, if that's what led you to this episode, I'm so sorry that you had to see that picture. It's gold absolute gold everyone's like oh you're cute and I'm like no no Harry Potter's not cute unless you're a girl in 98 obsessed with the books that's weird so anyway <laughs> it's the real deal uh here are a handful of stories uh that I experienced in my party days that unfortunately are the milder ones um I'm really just saying that to keep it interesting and it's also half true so um yeah Kind of just keep you intrigued and think that like, oh, that's not that bad. What else did Ashley do? Or if you listen to it and you're like, holy shit, what is wrong with this person? Then it's only, it, I mean, they're the milder ones, okay? Or, I mean, it's half true. Um, so the first one, I'm not going to give like timeline or a year or anything. Because uh, this person, I want to remain completely anonymous who experience this with me 
Um, but at some point before I was a mother, I've, I mean, if you've been friends with me for a long time, you knew this, that I loved to go to Vegas. I loved Vegas. Oh, I loved that place and hated it at the same time. I usually cry every single time on the way home. Uh, I went to Vegas an ungodly amount of times. And if you're familiar, like, I'm just going to break this down first. Um, so to kind of, so you understand like where I'm at. Um, if you're unfamiliar really how Vegas works, then here's the breakdown and it's uncensored, summarized, very summarized and not like in every case scenario. Most cases are like this, but not all cases. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt, but for Vegas. So you go to Vegas, you're ready to go clubbing, you know, there's all, there's literally every single type of person in Vegas, like from the richest of the rich to like the most white trash of the white trash. So there are people who either A, they don't have enough money for a table at a club or enough room on their credit card, really. Um, so they don't get a table. Or B, some club bouncer or club, you know, promoter or cocktail waitress out there doesn't really owe you money for drugs. Um, or C, you're not like super homies with one of these people, club bouncer, club promoter, club cocktail waitress, or you're not like putting out to them. Um, so usually this equals guys who buy tickets and stand in line to get into a club. That's, yep, okay, so there there we go. There's one part of it. Then there are either, there are either really ugly girls that buy tickets and stand in the line, no offense, or girls that literally just have no idea what they're doing or really low self-esteem or even how the Vegas system works and doesn't realize that if you are a girl, like you don't have to be a model to, to literally get walked into the club to a quote unquote table for free with no line standing and no ticket purchased whatsoever. Um, so branch off that, if you know what you're doing um, or someone in your group puts out or you go to Vegas enough where you become friends with bouncers or whatever, then you basically waltz right in and get taken to what I like to call the vulture table. I call it the vulture table. Um, now, this is if you're a girl. If you're a guy, sorry, you're shit out of luck. You either have to have like uh, be super homies, someone needs to owe you money for drugs or whatever. Um, have 9 million girls in your group or have a fuck ton of money. That's it. Basically broken down. That's it. Um, so this is a table full of girls who think they are the tits or they think that they're super hot because they just got walked into a club. Um, and they're at, they're seated at this table with other catty bitches with a bottle comped by the club because the club is banking on these girls, then going to other men's tables that either A, can't afford hookers or escorts, or B, this is their first time to Vegas or they don't know what they're doing. They, the club counts on these girls going to this these other tables or whatever so that those men that have money or room on their credit card can then spend more money at their club. Um, Little do all these catty bitches know is they are seated at the vulture table. Um, that vulture table is either A, not sold yet, 
or is sold and all the club promoters know that the client is not going to show up till later. So promoters either get a bunch of thirsty ass girls, hot girls that don't know what they're doing, or just literally thoughts off the street to sit at this table and get drunk for free in, in hopes that when that table gets sold or when the client shows up, that they go to all these other tables and make other people spend so much money. So these promoters literally provide the vultures with the girls that don't know what they're doing or the girls that just want to get drunk for free. And the other tables of men are hoping that the club promoters bring them girls that will just put out or just be a fun ass time. Like a super fun ass time. Um, you know, regardless, depending on what level of shady this table of men is like, I'm not kidding. It literally is down. It's an art. It's a science. Now we're not talking like college level biochem science. Um, we're more talking like fourth grade level volcano experiment science, but I mean, like it's that simple and that's really the Vegas all club pretty much system broken down, uncensored, very summarized. Yes, uh, you know, no bullshit. Yes, there are a handful of case-by-case scenarios. They're very rare. Um, in this dog-eat-dog world of thoughts, old men, money-hungry vultures, and money-hungry bouncers, and ratchet people, uh, like myself. <laughs> so, I had been to Vegas, to Vegas a number of times, but I was still kind of learning the system without being a prostitute. I mean, escort. I mean... <laughs> they're the same uh so we showed up sorry everyone sorry if you're an escort you're a prostitute just like a much classier but like I honestly kind of respect the prostitutes more because they're just no bullshit like you don't have to take them to dinner you don't have to you know pretend to have a fun time with them or entertain them you just pay for what you want anyway that was a low moment of mine sorry um so anyway we show up and we're sat at this vulture table because at the time we were a little less experienced than the other girls and just we would honestly just really wanted to party like we were and we were actually like nice to the other girls if you had sat at the vulture table be nice to those other girls because some of them are cool they're just insecure like just be nice to those girls and we danced and we had a good time and we kind of we were semi used to the system so we kind of knew what was coming next um, but we just didn't know exactly when we were going to get moved to whatever table. And so the club promoter came up to us and asked us to come with him. And over all this loud music and squeezing in between people to get to this table, um, he had explained whose table it was, but we didn't really hear. Excuse me. But to my, I mean, to our understanding, it was the owner of the MGM Grounds table. And I'm actually thinking to myself, like, what the fuck? Like, what, what, what is he doing here? Isn't that like the president of the United States in a grocery store? Like, how do they even show their face at something like this? Um, but what I, what we did not know what was that this was a table that they saved for the higher ups in the MGM Grand, like community or whatever. I don't really know. Um, that they want to send their clients in quote unquote for free or whatever in hopes that they you know they feel special that they're sitting at this higher ups table or whatever 
and that these rich ass people are going to spend more money in their hotel because they feel like they are important or whatever. So we arrive at the table filled with pretty escorts, like the pretty where you really don't need a personality. Um, like they just sat there just because, I mean, you're a prostitute. You just are supposed to sit there. So, um, oh gosh, I shouldn't have said that. Sorry, escorts out there. Um, but literally they were so pretty. They literally didn't need a personality. They could sit there and it would be worth their five grand a night or whatever. Um, so they're sitting at this table. There's a handful of men and the table is surrounded by security guards that were literally the size of the Hulk. The bottles on the table were the price of a used car. No joke. Um, I had never even seen those bottles in person. Um, and everybody was like their entire outfit were brands that one, I didn't even know what they were. And two, they costed way more, way more than my entire shitty Forever 21 wardrobe. The whole wardrobe, not even just like one outfit, but the whole wardrobe. Um, my outfit was actually from Charlotte Russe, not Forever 21, which are now closed. So sad. They're the best cheap, slutty clubbing clothes. Anyway, my entire outfit was from Charlotte Russe. Um, I had clip-in extensions in my hair. Classy. Uh, my shoes were probably one from the, one of those like shitty stores in the mall where they have deals like buy three, get three free. Uh, they're probably made in China where a child probably worked the machine used to make the shoes and got paid in like bread or something and um also the type of shoes that you can only really wear once uh or you break your ankle or die or they look like shit two hours later and can't handle any type of weathering really ever but that's that's what I was dressed in at this table described how I described it uh my, my friend and I we look at each other and we're like oh shit uh, what did we get ourselves into? But we better have a good time because I don't think I'm ever going to drink that ever again, ever. Cause I, that's worth more than my car. And, um, so like we literally had no idea what we were getting into. So we just started taking shots and dancing and we actually even got the pretty girls to like stop just sitting down and dance and even converse. We, I actually had a conversation with one of them. They're humans too. It's crazy. The entire table ended up dancing and everyone, everyone wanted to be at our table. Like it was crazy. We went, like we walked up and it was like, is this going to be fun? And we made it fun. We made it so fun because we were just like, mm, fuck it. Like we're here. Uh, what's the worst that can happen? Oh, they ask us to leave. Cool. I'm never going to talk to these people ever again in my life anyway. So see ya. Thanks for the free, super expensive alcohol. I appreciate it. Even one shot of that is enough. Like it's worth, like I'm good for a while just because of off of the happiness that I even drank that. So, um, I had been on, I had been drinking and I had been on an ungodly amount of Adderall, unfortunately, like kind of the amount where like you're at, you're like basically on meth, um, or should be death dead. So I had to pee. Uh, so I lean into one of the security guards and I tell him, I'm literally going to pee in this dress if I don't get to the bathroom soon. He legitimately picked me up and carried me to the girl's bathroom that, of course, had a line out the door. He walked me into the bathroom in his arms, walked to the front of the line, and told the girl at the front 
that I would pee on him and her if I could not go next. She was very kind because the man was probably 300 pounds and could kill her. Um, and let me in front of her as the rest of the line behind me booed me and called me awful names. Um, he told them all to shut the hell up. And then he stood outside my stall with his arms crossed, walked me to wash my hands, and then carried me back to the table. And after that, I said, Vegas is the best place on earth. This, I mean, true story. This is no bullshit. Like, true story. I literally was just sold. I was like, why, why doesn't everybody come here all the time? This is the coolest thing ever. So we get back to the table and he leaned and he goes, I don't usually go that far, but you and your friend are just so much fun. He's like, you guys are like the most fun that we've been around in a long time. And he goes, and I think my boss likes you. I didn't know what that means. I don't know. I didn't know what that meant. Like, obviously I knew what that meant, but I just kind of was like, oh, okay. Huh? Shit. Shit. This is not good. So we all continue dancing and laughing and having so much fun. And then they all ask me and my friend to come to an after party, which was another club, um, an after hours club that opens up at like 4 a.m. Uh, once again, everyone in that club wanted to be at our table. And then we're going to get to the juicy part. The bathroom part was not the juicy part, unfortunately. <laughs> but the ending of the story is so good. Uh, so we're dancing. We're every, like just having so much fun. And um, we get invited to another after party. Um, and at this point, it's probably like 6 o'clock in the morning. And they call a limo. And we all hop in. And... Like, honestly, this is probably up until, like, this point of the night. Uh, this is probably one of the most fun times I had ever had in Vegas. Like, there was, it was, it's always fun in Vegas. I mean, it's Vegas. And it's always fun in clubs and, like, dancing and whatever. But, I mean, that, at least that's me, extroverted asshole. But, like, to this day, this was probably one of the most fun times up until this point. <laughs> uh, so they call a limo and we all hop in. Um, I asked them where we're going to next and they say, oh, we're going to the Spirit Rhino. And I'm like, oh, what hotel is that club in? <laughs> uh, they laugh and they're like, oh, it's not in a hotel. And I'm like thinking to myself, I'm like, oh, that's a little 90s to not to have a club, like not in a hotel. And I'm like, that's weird. Where's this at? And they're like, they say it's a strip club, Ashley. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Um, I looked to my friend who had never even thought of ever ending up ever ending up in a strip club I mean this person to this day is a better person than I am and she'll always be a better person than I am and I like I mean and I, I look to her and I'm like oh shit like I don't want to take this person to a strip club like I don't want her to feel uncomfortable and she shouts out let's go and I I had been in them unfortunately at this point but like I really didn't want her to be uncomfortable and I mean, she's will always be a better human than I am. And I double check with her and she assures me, she's like, it's whatever, you know, whatever. And at this point, the night, like, is kind of a lot of a blur. Thank God. But this is the best part of the evening is while I'm running around partying with strippers and off doing ratchet debauchery, I look up and there is my friend <laughs> at our booth. Tiny. I mean, she's this tiny little human in between two huge, like, 300-pound Samoan security guards having a conversation with them about all the shit that they have seen 
backs facing the stage of the strip club, eating chicken fingers at 7 a.m. The security guards actually ended up paying for her to have an entire suite to herself, and she spent the rest of the morning uh, with room service and a bath, and somehow we are still friends to this day after I put a human like her into a situation like that. She jokes that I actually got the short end of the stick because apparently uh, strip clubs have, like, fantastic chicken figures, and her tub was literally, it was jetted, and it was literally big enough for five people. But it was just her by herself in this entire suite that these security guards paid for. Um, yes, this human is one of my favorite humans in the whole entire world. And I started with the story because it's possibly my favorite story. And it may not be that funny to you, but looking back on it, I mean, me and her just die. Like, we had no idea what we were doing. And we ended up in a strip club at 7 a.m. She was eating chicken figures. I cried the entire way home from Vegas that trip. Um, because I felt so awful. So that was more at the beginning of my Vegas adventures. And, um, but it set the bar very high and we all decided to stray away from strip clubs, but staying away from strip clubs, um, at 7am actually ends up you in other ratchet disasters that end up being stories for life as well. And we will never forget them if we remember them anyway. Okay. So story number two. I call this the TI tour bus de denial. Uh, <laughs> so unfortunately, this ratchet, awful experience, unfortunately happened after I was a mom. When I got pregnant, I remember arguing with my baby daddy uh, on why he still wanted to go out to clubs and bars. And I would never, ever, ever go to a club again. And I was going to be this awesome mom and whatever. Um, he was still going to clubs and to bars because he had just gotten my crazy ass pregnant. And he was terrified of what was going, what was coming. So he was trying to forget what was going on. And he still to this day reminds me of my vow to never go to like a nightclub or a bar. Um, so <laughs> he, he'll never let it go, which I don't really blame him because I give him a really hard time. So my baby was now, Emma, little Emma was about seven months old and I hadn't, I hadn't been out or had a night to myself. Um, or anything like I had been with this little tiny human keeping them alive for you know, seven months. Oh, whoop de do. I know. But coming from me and what the story you just heard from and then from never seeing other humans outside in like a lively situation was it was hard for me. But anyway, I love rap music. Like I believe in a different life. I was a rapper or in a different life. I'm going to be a rapper because I'm like, I can't actually rap, but I can karaoke rap which is like the same thing pretty much, right? Um, so anyway, um, T.I. was coming to a nightclub in Park City and I loved T.I. Oh, loved. Uh, <laughs> we all got Emma figured out because it was the first night that she was staying really away from me and like on her own. And we get it figured out so that I can go so that mom can have like a night out. And one of my best friends comes with me, different from the last story, but um, we get all done up and we go to this venue and you know, we're so excited. I am like on cloud nine because I'm like, oh my gosh, I missed this horrible life. Not. Uh, strings are pulled and we actually had one of the best sections you could have. Had the time of our lives. He wrapped all my favorites, whatever. And when he's done, you know, we make our way downstairs and um, two security guards like make their way through the crowd and pull us aside and tell us, he's like, hey, you're wanted by TI in the green room. I'm literally about to like shit my pants at this point. Cause I'm like, what? 
no way. Like, you're kidding. And he goes, yeah, he, like, he wants you guys to come up to the green room. <laughs> now, mind you that this was also, I mean, like I've said, this was my first time really drinking since I was pregnant. And, or since I got pregnant. And so I was already, like, white girl wasted. White girl wasted. Like, albino white girl. Basic wasted. Awful. The not cool kind of wasted. Bad wasted. So sad wasted. So I'm freaking out because I'm going to meet T.I. And we get up there. And he says, what's up? I'm, like, trying to keep my cool. And there are two other girls up there uh, that were really cool. And they all gave, like, gave us some drinks. And the closing DJ comes on. (laughs) Um, I then decide, oh, but it was a good idea to show these rappers how good of a dancer I was. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, I am hammered, hammered. And my friend kind of tries to, like, she, like, kind of gave me some encouragement a little bit. And then all of a sudden, she, like, kind of really gets me to stop. <laughs> um, because it was awful. I, like, I want to say this very politically correct. Uh, but the other two girls up there, they were black. And black people are just better dancers than white. Like, we can't, there's no argument there. Um, and, I mean, honestly, pretty much a 10-year-old Amish little boy could have danced better than I was at that point. Um, and so they're kind of just standing there. And my friend, thank God, is, like, kind of like, uh, no, like, you need to stop. Like, you really need to stop. And so then finally I kind of realized, like, oh, maybe, you know, maybe I should stop. So I sit down. I have a very, very, very educated conversation with T.I. It was very educated so educated and then his manager or whatever comes up and says that the cars are ready to go back to the tour bus <laughs> um my friend and i we follow them out to the cars and i actually go to get into one of the cars because i think i'm being invited to the tour bus um and a security guard outside just kind of stop stops me and just goes no no um, I step back and my friend's like, Ashley, we're not, we're not invited to the tour bus. And plus, you don't want to go to the tour bus anyway. Ashley, let's go. And I was like, no, we're probably just like in a different car. And the security guard literally then just looks at me and he goes, no. No. <laughs> the thing is, is you don't want to go to the tour bus. What happens in tour buses? You think like Uno? A picnic? No. You don't want to go to the tour bus. But I was like. I felt so cool that I was even invited up to the green room, but I was so bad, so bad up there and so albino girl wasted that I got us uninvited to the tour bus. We joke now and thank the Lord that I really got us uninvited to their tour bus. Um, One of my super lows, because I mean like, Seven years ago, like, if I would have gotten uninvited to a tour bus, I probably would have killed myself. Like, okay, that's extreme and not real. And I shouldn't even joke about that. But, I mean, like, I was, if seven years ago, if I got uninvited to a tour bus, I literally would have, like, gotten reconstructive surgery on my face to make sure I was pretty enough to get invited to the tour bus. Um, but also one of my highs, thank God, because no 
mom of a seven-month-year-old baby needs to go to the TI tour bus. I was wearing seven pairs of Spanx just to hold it all in. I was very sweaty from dancing so much with and all the juices were just marinating in like seven pairs of Spanx. I mean, it was priceless, absolutely priceless. But I am so thankful for the facts of this story that I did not end up in that tour bus. But I also to this day, like think back and I'm like, mm, mm, Ash, you know, you clearly didn't learn by having a kid out of wedlock. So like, what's the problem here? Go see your counselor on Wednesday that you see every Wednesday and you have for the past seven years at 9 a.m. Maybe see if he can get you in a little bit earlier because something is wrong with you. Like, what in the world? Um, yeah, so that is story number two of my previous ratchet days of being a degenerate of a human being. All right, so now um, story number three. It's not really a story, but the uh, situation is noteworthy considering the circumstances that have been happening. Um, unfortunately, this also happened after I was a mom. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, boy. But, uh, so, quarantine happened. Everyone indulge in this show called The Tiger King. If you haven't watched it, watch it. Very entertaining. Um, and as it gets on later in the season, I, one of the episodes, which, I'm not going to ruin it. Actually, no, I'll probably ruin it, but, um... The episode where the, what's his name? I can't even remember his name, but the, I consider him the bad guy because he screwed over the mullet guy, which is so sad. And him and his girlfriend or wife or whatever would put tigers in suitcases and carry them up to hotel rooms and have parties where you were able to go and pet these tigers. Well, my bachelorette party, after I was a mom, uh, we went to Vegas and... I mean, we had a fantastic time, but we went to one of those parties and we had no idea that there was going to be a freaking documentary of these white trash gods coming out during quarantine about these tigers. And I have a picture with one of those tigers and it's so sad. It's so sad. I felt so bad after seeing that and knowing that they were carried up in a suitcase. It's awful, awful. But I literally am watching that show and like a day later I get a text from a couple of my friends and they're like, Oh my God, Ashley, we were there. We were there at one point. We were there. We pet those tigers that are now on the show that of these white trash gods that are, you know, whatever. One of them's in jail. He was the coolest one. I liked him the most, but crazy, but you know, whatever. I loved him. Anyway, yes, we were there and it was a very uncomfortable um and also sad moment for myself as I was watching these and I was like watching these episodes and I'm like holy shit I contributed to this madness I contributed to this madness so you're welcome because I was part of the Tiger King show I was I should be getting paid for that just kidding <laughs> anyway um what is so insane about all of this is uh I'm going to try and make this like a, a point to all these stories, but it's probably going to come out pretty pathetic because um, 
you, I mean, there's really nothing good that comes out of that. The only thing that's good about the main thing of all these stories is I'm still friends with every single one of these people that have experienced all of this with me. I think honestly, it's kind of like a pact where we have so much dirt on each other and so much, so many sad experiences that you have to be friends with that person or else they could like ruin your life forever. Um, but all of these people that I've experienced, and I mean, that was three semi stories or whatever. And unfortunately there are loads more. Um, I'm still friends with them and I consider them some of the best people in my life. And unfortunately I clearly with the one with the first story, I was the person, um, being awful, like so awful. And, and all of these people still were there for me and they still somehow pulled me out of this like hole of ratchetness literally and they stood by my side and I will forever be grateful for every single one of those friends because I mean they saw me at my worst my lowest and somehow they saw past that and honestly that is like really what keeps me going sometimes is the fact that I, one, have now another human to keep alive, but I don't think I'd be able to do it if it wasn't for those people who experienced those things with me. So yes, this is a very lame attempt to find the bright side and not just the humor in all of these horrible stories that I have, but it really is like the truth. These people um, somehow saw past all of my awful things and I are still friends with me, probably because I forced my friendship on them and I literally pay their mothers to stay friends with me and they're actually no their mothers actually prefer them not to be friends with me anyway um somehow they saw past it and so I mean your actions really don't they, at one point they do define you and at one point like you can't use that as an excuse of like oh my actions don't define me no th I mean they do um but somehow they saw past my actions and saw through that and saw through whatever I was and like saved me honestly through some of my darkest times and I'll forever be grateful for these people and I don't even deserve them ever um but they taught me really what like true friendship was and that you know just because somebody's messing up it doesn't always mean that they're like a bad person there were points where I was but it doesn't just mean that they're a bad person it means you know th they may be hurting they may be searching for something they may be you know whatever so if there's someone in your life that's really doing something that you don't understand or that you don't agree with, like don't always jump to the conclusion that they're just like a bad person or, you know, whatever. There, there are so many other psychological reasons why people do things. And so most of the time when you see someone doing something that you don't agree with, that's when they need you most. And that's when I needed my friends most and I don't know what I would do without them. Um, luckily, I still have them to this day. And sometimes we only see each other once a year. There have been years where we've only seen each other once a year because we're adults now and we have lives and children and husbands and jobs and bills and bullshit. And we all, at least I just sometimes wish I could just go back to Vegas and pet tigers, but that's not what's going to happen. So, I mean, we don't, but we're still in each other's lives and we just have this bond where we know that, you know, we've, we've been through a lot of awful things and we will continue to be friends and... Um, what's also great is these friends give me no bullshit answers. If I ask them for advice, then they call my ass out hard, hard. I can't get away with anything with these friends. They know me so well 
that it's like they're like oh yeah Ashley really Palmer did that mm, okay hmm yeah what about you what have you done what have, yeah and then yeah we don't need to get into that but um if someone's doing something just oh, this is my last episode's ending too maybe because I don't have a really good reason for all my stuff that I'm talking about but most of the time people doing things that you don't agree with are really just looking for something that you could possibly give them so give it to them and if you can't give it to them try to give it to them try to give them love try to give them acceptance try to give them something try to be their friend you know anything and just try to love those around you that you can clearly see that are struggling or not clearly see but you know Sometimes you don't know someone's struggling, but people's actions and what they're doing and the way they act and, you know, there's so many things that people do that is literally just a cry for attention or a cry for acceptance. And so try to pay attention to those because people like myself (laughs) that have given so many cries for attention, just like my Instagram scroll super deep. It's so sad. (laughs) Um, the, The only reason why sometimes people like myself survive is because of the people that actually take the time to even just show us that they care or show and sometimes you know show us that you know they don't agree with what they're doing and or what we're doing and they want us to be better because they know we can be better and so yes love everyone and yourself first really because you can't pour anything out of an empty you can't fill someone else's cup what's that saying I can't can't fill someone else's glass if your glass is empty. There we go. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, I'm going to end this before I start rambling on to try and make up for my horrible stories. This is gone. I think this is my longest episode. Sweet Lord. Anyway, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy. Um, please continue to send in your WTF moments. And I hope you join us again next time. I hope this didn't, I hope this episode went a little bit faster as far as my speaking and like waiting for me to move on to the next point. I'm just going to stop talking now because now I'm just rambling as per usual. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the rest of your day, weekend, weekday, work week, whatever. Um, And let me know if I can do anything. Thanks. Love you. Bye.